0: My question is um so is uh is Indiana Jones dad like supposed to live forever now then? Cuz remember he drank from he the did. chalice.
1: It's been so long since
0: I've seen and, it. I don't know. So remember he gets shot and so then Indy's got to yeah, he, he uh, he's got to go the, like, and get it. Cup. Yeah, and then the bullet hole you know, heals. And so, is he, is he immortal now? Jake, is it, you have to like, keep drinking
1: it? Like, like real communion? Like, you can't just have it once and be done. You gotta come back every week. (laughs) Four times a year, sorry. Four times a year.
0: (laughs) Out of the, out of the Holy Grail? You think it works like that? I don't know. Oh, Jesus said do this often. Why, why does Indiana Jones only have to do it once? No, well, Indiana Jones didn't do it. Fine. In, well, in, Indiana Jones Sr. did it. Well, that's a good point. But then you're actually uh, asking us to uh, you yeah, know, put in the actual words of Jesus into a movie that... Is that not what people do?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not what they do.
0: Sorry, right, there was a homeless guy who needed food. Dad, did you give him some food?
1: Yes. Yeah. So uh, now I know that I am a sheep.
0: I'm not a goat. Yes. That's a that's good. Yeah, that yeah. so, good job. That's what it's about,
1: really. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. I just spent the last uh, two minutes uh, making fun of you for saying tinkle. I'm not ashamed of saying tinkle. And uh, he should. Uh, <laughs> And then I made uh, I made farting noises.
1: So yeah, I'm glad that you rose above the immaturity of the day. Uh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Hello, Internet.
0: Pastor Pastor Goodman uses the word tinkle. Yeah. Uh, to describe. <laughs> uh, oh, bodily functions. It's funny. It's funny because he's a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are at the end of uh, our second season here. Uh, second and last. And last so? season. Uh, I don't know, right? The first season was supposed to be our last season. Right, here we still are. Here we still are. It hasn't actually been uh, put up on the uh, on the interweb yet, so we still got a chance that our first season was our last season. This one's been a little bit uh, more subdued. Uh, I blame Corona.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it it it's been hard to sort of maintain the the normal humor um, when when all you can uh, all you can do is see everything falling apart around you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. But uh, no, we made it through. Uh, I think most churches are worshiping together again. Mm-hmm. Thanks be to God, we're able to hear the word of god and receive forgiveness and absolution and take and eat and take and drink so the church uh moves on as the church has done uh for thousands of years cuz you know what it's it's not about us it's about jesus for us unless unless it's about us uh, uh making sure that we're sheep right no 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 it's not it's not how that goes you make me sad okay okay <laughs> Fair enough.
1: All right. So um, the last parable that we're going to do it it is not a parable; it is a future event. Uh, You you can bicker about the language, but uh, whether or not you you turn into animals, but we're going to be taking a look at Matthew chapter five, verses uh, thirty-one to forty-six. The sheep and the goats. You say
0: this isn't a parable. This is a future event. Hold on,
1: everyone. Well,
0: that doesn't mean that it's not a parable. There will
1: come a day when everyone will call Jesus Lord.
0: Okay, but that doesn't mean it's not a parable, like. Well, because it's still a mystery. Well,
1: so is the Lord's Supper. That's not a
0: that's not yeah. a parable. Yeah, but no. See, yes, it's a future event, but it certainly isn't. I I don't think I can follow down that road with you. You're going to have to speak a lot more uh, clearly uh, than just making a making a, a statement saying that this isn't a parable. Explain yourself, Goodman. There is a
1: there is a day when Christ will return in his glory with all of the angels with him and will sit upon his glorious throne this is not parable, this is fact okay. uh, before him all of the nations will be gathered again, fact and he will separate uh, the, the the saved from the, the condemned the the faithful from the unfaithful the sheep from the goats and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord Bible verse. Like, we we can say, like, I I don't like the idea of barnyard animals talking, and and so clearly it's a parable. Uh, But, in the same way that that, that you are called holy, and and he is called the good shepherd,
0: yes, you can call yourself his sheep. Yeah, but I can also call myself the pearl of great price, and I can call myself the treasure. I call you a lot of things, but... (laughs) But I mean, to, to that point, there there will be a day in which, uh, my Lord, uh, or there has been a day. Um, but uh, I guess it, when we're speaking about when Jesus actually said the parable, he had yet to go to the cross. There will be a day in which, uh, at that point, Jesus went to the cross and paid everything for me. And in my present tense future, there will be a day in which he comes and takes me out of the grave so uh couldn't we say the same thing for the parable of uh, uh, the pearl of great price and and the treasure? you mean
1: all of these all of these parables point
0: to a greater reality that is
1: actualized in Christ who is crucified for you and raised from the dead
0: listen all I'm saying if the, if this isn't a parable then we can't speak about it because this is a season about parables but I want to speak about it anyway all right I'm done arguing are you, though? Yeah, I can't have them back. <laughs> It's hot. I'm at the end of the day.
1: Well, let's, let's read it then, and then we'll, we'll, we'll meander on through. Okay.
0: Let me read this non-parable parable. <laughs> Matthew 25, 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to, the, to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. That's a good Jesus bobblehead I see right there. That's awesome. <laughs> He's got a soul patch and everything, he's man. He's doing it. That yeah. is sweet. He's got a long neck like a giraffe, though. Yeah, yeah. Also, he's white, but uh, that's, that's that's neither here nor there. But Jesus is white, right? I mean, every single picture that I've seen, he's white.
1: <laughs> no, no, so, no. Born of a a, a okay. woman from the Middle East.
0: Wow, that changes but everything. Does it?
1: It shouldn't. <laughs> 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 All right, so um, this parable is so uncomfortable that the second we look at it, we start looking for loopholes, right? I think so. Like, the the second that we hear this, we're like, all right, so this is clearly condemning other people and not me because all of the times that I definitely didn't
0: take care of those around me, I had had a good excuse, right? Oh, well, hold on, hold on. Before we even get there, and I know that you're going to drive this ship uh, today, probably right into an iceberg, but that's You're okay. Kind. Um, let, let me, uh, let me ask a question because as, as, uh, as good Lutherans, uh, we, we have a tendency to hear this, um, and, and kind of shudder a little bit because it sounds a lot like works righteousness.
1: Yeah, it does. It
0: sounds a lot like that. Kind of like uh, every uh, Pentecost. No, sorry. Every Trinity Sunday when we get to say the Athanasian Creed. And we're loving it, right? Because it's explaining the Trinity very good at uh, three persons, or one God, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, it's got that. That was an
1: accurate recitation. <laughs>
0: it was pretty close, right? Almost verbatim. <laughs> uh, and then at the very end, uh, it says, uh, how, how does it go? Um, And those who have done good. Yeah, will
1: go into enter the kingdom. And those who have done evil into eternal fire. This is the Catholic faith. And unless you believe in its entirety, you cannot be saved.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then all of us Lutherans just kind of pretend that that makes sense to our Lutheran brains. And we just go on. It makes perfect sense to our Lutheran brains. All right. So
1: let's do this real quick. Just by the justification of it before we we even touch the parable. Um, You have no sins left because Jesus died for them. You have no sins left to be punished. Jesus took them all, bore them on the cross, Vlad died for you and said, it's finished. And if it's finished, that means we actually get to call them forgiven. You have no sins left to be punished. They have been purged from your body. As if there was a a purgation, a a purgatory upon the cross where, where Christ bore all of the sins all the way and says they're all the way forgiven. No more atoning left to do. Finished. You have no sins left to be punished. However, God in his mercy is not even done yet. He sends forth his gifts, his Holy Spirit, his Comforter, who will make you holy, who will sanctify you, and who will do good works through you so that the good works being done by Eli are not Eli, but the Holy Spirit working through Eli. And then God in his mercy will will come back again, ali-ooping to himself off the backboard and reward you for the good works that he did through you for you. That was a good reference to crossover. It was. Jesus. I missed crossover Jesus. Um, I think we closed <laughs> out just about on him last time. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: No, that was good. Uh, okay. Uh, so so how uh, how then? And I know we talked about this last season, but but just a a, a quick wrap up then. Um, how do I speak differently about uh, me giving uh, somebody a sandwich and uh, an atheist giving somebody a sandwich? Because uh, the, the guy does get... The
1: yeah, game. well, what you definitely don't start with is whether or not somebody was more or less fed by it. What, what you go by it is, is a tree will be uh, known by its its fruits. Good trees produce good fruits. Bad trees produce bad fruits. If you're a good tree, good fruits will come. If you're a bad tree, bad fruits will come. Um, the the berries on the the bush sometimes look very bright and red and shiny, but you should not eat them no matter how much you want to. And sometimes the apples, which are good to eat, look kind of bruised up, but they're still apples. If you are holy, God will do holy things through you. What we don't want to do is say if it was kind to somebody, it was good before God, and if it was mean to somebody, it was evil before God. Because at the end of the day, atheists can be very kind, especially by worldly standards. Um, uh, Before our neighbors, um, God can use our neighbor to do useful things uh, uh, amongst his, his creation. But to call a work properly good is to say that it is righteous before the Father. And that only comes, not by the doing of the work, but by the faith that is given first.
0: Yeah, it's only because it's done uh, uh, in Christ, through Christ. It's only because it's his good works.
1: Right. But it's such a kind of a, a complex, uh, at least on the surface looking thing, that everybody gets uncomfortable with it. When we start to talk about good works, everybody gets uncomfortable, especially when there's consequence placed upon them. Uh, look to the sheep and the goats alike. Everybody is uncomfortable with what Jesus has to say about this. The sheep who have already heard they're in don't want to be told it's these works that you're being rewarded for, they don't want anybody looking at their works. The goats who are not in are shocked that their works were not enough, and inside of this, there's there's something you can start to see about um, those unbelievers who did plenty uh, for feeding the homeless. It's not that they didn't feed the homeless; they fed the homeless. They just, I guess, didn't do enough.
0: Well, okay, so, but I mean, then that's that's the issue that we where we get to here, mm-hmm. right? Because. We're going to have, at the the final judgment day, we're going to have, I'm going to be sitting next to an atheist um, who's rejected Christ. um, And from a temporal point of view, his works are going to be much longer than mine. His good works are. There's going to be one of those guys because I'm not that good of a See,
1: person. you're the sheep then that doesn't want God looking at your works. Like, that's that's a really uncomfortable prospect for me. Like, do you really want to sit me next to, like, pick Bill Gates or, or you know, Steve Jobs or, or anybody else who is, you know, loud and clear, rejected Christ all the way through uh, their life but still gave way more to charity than me? Um, I don't want to sit next to those guys. I don't want God looking at my works. Because all the while I've been told, "Hey, this is by grace." What do you mean you're going to look at works now? Hey, this was not on the this was not on the study guide. Um, I don't want it on the test. And
0: so hold on, let me let me ask okay. you this: uh, from this uh, non parable parable, uh, the the sheep here, um, I think you could take this two ways, uh, and maybe and maybe you take them both at the same time, uh, depending depending on the on the. The actual work that you're talking about, because you're saying the the sheep are uncomfortable that their good works are being looked upon. Yeah. Could could one actually even say that they're they're ignorant of them at all? Like when I mean, they're asking that, right? When. When did we do this? Some of them.
1: I mean, some of your good works you will be ignorant of, but others you will not be. Like, you know, you stood up on Sunday morning and you said, this is the word of the Lord. And you preached a sermon where you rightly distinguished between law and gospel. And this was a good work before the father. You know, you did that. You know, when you took your kids camping in Yellowstone, when they yelled at you uh, the whole time and, and you still were a loving father. That was a good work before your father in heaven. You know that this is true. The, the thing is, though, do you really want— Except I yelled at them back. That's just it. Do you really want this to be the, <laughs> the basis of your salvation? Except I yelled at them back. And see, that's the thing. We get so caught up in the list that we miss what actually matters. Before Christ ever outlines what should and should not have been done, he says what really matters. He says first to the sheep, Come you who are blessed by my Father. There's an identity in that before there's ever a description of works.
0: Okay. Uh, but what about that that uh, in verse 31 there? Because mm. I'm following you, but it seems as if he's got uh, a uh, because there. Uh, the ESV says four, right? So come to you, all those who were uh, blessed by my father. Uh, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Verse thirty one four. I was hungry. Now, how do we? What what do we do with that? That for is that like a a causal? Like you receive all of this because you've done this. Well, you will be
1: rewarded for your good works. I mean, that's clear there. But at the same time, um, let's just sort of hold two thoughts in our head at the same time. First, Christians do good works. and That's good. And God will actually give you a reward for those good works, and that's good too. Second, your good works don't save you, because before he could even start to say the four, he already laid out how you got in. The kingdom was prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That means before God spoke and said, let there be light, he knew the last day, he knew the sheep, Eli, and he knew the the kingdom was prepared for Eli. The, the kingdom was prepared for you before God ever said, let there be light for you to have a chance to earn it by your works. You were already a part of it. You're already in before you ever could have worked. The bonuses just come through God doing the good works in you, through you, in the midst of this creation, for which he will reward you on the last day. It's all a gift.
0: So, okay, so then how, how do we take that, that for uh, in the Greek uh, Gar? How do we take that? I mean... We say amen. I don't understand. Because, well, because in the English, it sounds like it's based on, right? You receive this because, for, you've done X, Y, and Z. Yeah,
1: what I'm saying is stop with the list. Look at the kind. Stop with the list. Look at where you already are before God ever starts to lay out the list. Because you're right. As a Christian, I have done good works. Also, as a Christian, I have sinned plenty. But where are my sins? they're on christ and as an unbeliever it's not that they didn't feed the hungry it's not that they didn't visit the prisoners they did it's just that they didn't do enough and if all you want to do is by works well their sins they don't want it on christ their sins are not on the cross their sins are not yet atoned for yeah
0: no, you're right. I mean, we're going to get there. And
1: so, um, of course, everybody everybody fed the hungry. Nobody's questioning that. The question is, do you want to be judged based on the fact that you fed the hungry? Because Christians and unbelievers alike both do these things. The, the only question is, is your salvation dependent upon it? But before God ever gets a chance to even start to lay out that the hungry should be fed, and they should be, he's already identifying sheep and goats and goats. And so if he's already identifying it, it's got to be from something different. Okay. The difference between heaven and hell isn't measured in us. It's measured in God. The kingdom was prepared for the sheep long before they did the works. He says, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That means it's not something that's earned. It is a gift. It is made just for them before they ever had a chance to try and earn it. Because, well, God loves sinners so much that he
0: would make those his sheep, invite those into his kingdom. So okay, so I'm I'm just gonna keep pushing on you, good, because um, it's fun. <laughs> and let's look at it from the other the, end, because that might help. Well, hold on, hold okay. on, okay, no, hold, no, no, hold on, because uh, because this is one of those uh, parables that you you can take a number of ways that are incorrect. I mean, you can hear this parable and you can see you can believe that Jesus is his very last parable. I know you don't say it's parable, his very last parable. Uh, Jesus is touting works righteousness and and that's what we spent the last 15 minutes of, about and I, I think you've done a, a, a good and proper job kind of speaking uh, against that another uh, thing that a problem that we can have in hearing this parable uh, is like you just said you've gotten us to the point of saying stop looking at the works and start looking at the the being or the individual or how did you say that? start, start looking at the the kind the, the kind okay, This can can this then not, if we're not careful, get us dangerously close to uh, double predestination? No, because if you look at it at the other end, it actually says the opposite of double
1: predestination. And double predestination, again, being God sort of prepared before the foundation of the world, both those who were saved, which we believe, but also those who were damned. In other words, God said, you, 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 and you, you're going to hell no matter what. You can never fix it. You can never change it. You're just going to hell. Uh, maybe as an example of what not to do, except you're doing nice things, so don't look too hard at that. Or or maybe just because I'm not as loving as I say I am, but I died on the cross, But so maybe I didn't die. It's confusing if you really want to hold a double predestination. I don't recommend you do it because it's awful. Um, however, <laughs> however, no, follow it. But So, but, um so uh, to the sheep our our father who art in heaven says come you who are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world but to the goats he says depart from you you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels in other words hell was not prepared for people it is prepared for the devil and his angels God wills that no one should perish but that they would turn from their way and live he does not desire the death even of the wicked Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, would that I could gather you in as a hen gathers her brood, but you would not. God does not want hell for anybody. Hell was not made for people. It was made for the devil and the fallen angels. That any human being is there is a travesty. According to even God himself, you are not where you belong if you are in hell. That's awful. You're allowed to say that.
0: And yet there will be those who are in
1: Right. But that's only because they would not be sheep.
0: Okay, so now, okay, so that's, we're not talking about the I'm works. I'm still talking, talking about, about the, kind. the kind. Okay, so what makes somebody a sheep? Well, they have to be made white, washed in the blood of the
1: Lamb. The, the, the sheep are the faithful, the sheep are the baptized. The sheep are, are those who are saved by grace through faith and not by works. Because the, the, whether it be parable or not, it shouldn't contradict the clear word of God, like Ephesians 2, 8, which says, you are saved by grace through faith and not by works, lest any should boast. And if I can boast that I just fed the homeless guy and so clearly I'm a sheep, that ain't that. God wanted no one in hell, lest the devil and his angels. The only reason there's anybody there is because the God who paid the price to take away all of the sins of the world, all of the times that all of us, sheep and goats alike, did not feed the hungry, did not clothe the naked, did not visit the prisoners, did not take care of the least of these, and all of us have those. Well, when Christ bore it on the cross, the goat said we would not be those sheep. We would carry that ourselves. We would have nothing to do with you, no matter where it leads. The only way to get into hell is completely apart from the Christ who's literally taking your sins from you and dying from them. The only way into hell is literally over the dead body of Jesus to lock yourself in there. You have to crawl clear over the dead body of Christ to get your way in there because salvation is not something earned. It's it's a free gift. It's according to kind, and this this, uh, this this separation between sheep and goat is not arbitrary. It's given in, in concrete means. It's given in baptism. It's given in, in the hearing of His word, where where faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. And God has actually established churches all over the world, so that we would hear these words and receive these gifts. He is um, over. He, he is twice made it so that every living, breathing human being on earth was a faithful, believing Christian, even before Christ was incarnate. And, and yes, it's a travesty that, that people would not teach this gift to their children. It's a travesty that, that uh, churches would be empty. But it is not the will of God. Over and over again, it, it is not the will of God. Hell was not made for people.
0: So what makes what makes one a goat then? I'm looking at kind. What makes one a goat?
1: One, It makes you a goat if your religion is never bigger than yourself. If you're a sheep, your religion is okay. bigger than you. Your religion is Christ and him crucified. If you're a goat, your religion is just your works. Is your religion bigger than yourself? Bigger than what you can accomplish? Bigger than what you can earn and buy? Because if it's not well, you're stuck with all your same problems that you had before, um, but also the condemnation that comes with them. If your religion is bigger than yourself, you have a God who loves you even in the face of you not fulfilling the law. You have a God who saves you from the condemnation that comes from you not fulfilling the law. When we talk about what you have earned, you you put yourself in a really sticky situation. And I think we talked about this with um, the the parable of the, the Good Samaritan. Uh, the Jesus who seems so intent on the least of these being cared for, if you want to do this only by works, leaves you in a really uncomfortable spot because the Jesus who wants the least of these cared for seems to set up, a a system in which the least of these cannot be saved.
0: All right. So what do you mean by that? I mean, uh, we talked a little bit before, uh, we started recording, mm. uh, but, but what do you mean? So are, are you, ref- are you referring to the hungry and the thirsty and the...
1: Yes. If Jesus actually wants the hungry fed, but you're hungry, how are you going to feed the hungry if you don't have any food? If Jesus actually wants the strangers visited, but you're in prison, how are you going to do that? If this is based on your works and you happen to actually be one of the least of these, at best, you're what, like an object lesson for why some people go to hell? When Jesus the whole while through says, I actually want these taken care of. He actually wants so much the least of these cared for that he bleeds and dies for the least of these, even me, even you. So salvation would not be dependent on your privilege uh, of having enough food to share, uh, your privilege of having the freedom to go and visit strangers. Uh, right now, uh, I'm in Texas uh, on lockdown. I can't visit anywhere. So am I, am I condemned when Jesus actually says he wants the least of these, even the sinners saved? The whole religion and the whole rest of the book is about the least of these being saved, not by their works, but by the mercy of a God who says, let the little children come unto me and do not hinder them. Um, the stranger has no home to welcome people into. The starving have no food to, to share. The sick only spread disease. But Jesus wants them saved too. And so what saves is, is not you doing these things, it's the kind. You are a part of the body of Christ. You are a sheep. And if you are a part of the body of Christ, you're a part of he who does these things, even Christ, who did visit the sick and did feed the hungry.
0: So you're a sheep by grace. Yes. You're a goat by your own... Works. Rejection. By your own works. Which then, I mean, because the response... Uh, and I know you, you keep saying don't look at the, the the works or the deeds there. But the response of the sheep and the goats is very, very similar. But there is a difference. Uh, and it... it in the Greek, it might just be one word as well. It seems to be that it's just one word in the English, right? So when we've got this whole list of, uh, things that, that Jesus is giving credit to the, to the sheep for, uh, their answer is, when did we do this? Now you, you pause it. And I think probably appropriately so, uh, that partly it's, it's, it's stop looking at me, that this has nothing to do with me. It can't. If it has anything to do with me, I'm lost for sure. Wouldn't yeah. it? And then the other part is is it seems as if the sheep are getting credit for things that they know not of. Uh, that that it, meaning that they went out uh, doing this good work and service for their neighbor, uh, not for uh, not for them to be numbered as good works, but just to serve their neighbor. I mean, that was the whole purpose of serving their neighbor. Not so that they could get credit in the bank, but later on, uh, for later on, but instead because my neighbor was just downright hungry. And that was what the service was for. Now, you turn that on the the opposite side of the coin. You're talking about the goats. Again, Jesus says you didn't do any of this sort of stuff. And their answer is almost the exact same thing. But their answer is, when did we not? Mm -hmm. Right? When did we not do this? It seems as if they want to be held accountable, all right? They want a full counting of their works. When did we not do this? Because I did it a lot, Jesus. When did I not feed the hungry, visit the sick, right? When did I not do this? And then it also seems after that, that if we're looking for a God, uh, to be uh, fully, uh, to just bring full justice, right? If that's all that we want, if we just want an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth uh, sort of God and a full accounting and comparison of our good works against the Lord. That'd be awful. Uh, But we're going to get the God that we demand. That's, yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's weird that we say it this way, but... We all get the God that we demand. If we demand a God who looks at my works, then that's the God I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a God who who looks at my works and judges me accordingly. Right. And if I want a God uh, who doesn't look at my works, but instead uh, sees me only through Christ, well then I've got this gracious, merciful, loving, forgiving God who calls me a sheep, who calls me a son, who Makes me righteous through the blood of the Lamb.
1: By no one's reason or strength will we come to this conclusion. It has to be taught. You have to receive this gift. And so we have to be taught our identity in Christ by baptism. And then we have to be taught what our vocation actually is. Because all of us have these vocations. So I'm a father, a husband, a pastor, a citizen. And if I'm going to be judged by how well I fulfill them, woe to me. Even if I think that I am saved, I am lost. Um, Because even if I think I am saved, my kids will still grow up to tell me all the ways that I screwed them up. Uh, It's a given. Um, But this this thing where we grab hold of our vocation and we say the more Christian vocations are the ones who serve is completely backwards anyway. Like we, we sort of grab hold of these these vocations and say, all right, I know I'm a good Christian if I am taking care of the least of these. And I know I'm a good Christian if I am the father and I'm caring for the children. I know I'm a good Christian if I am the pastor and I'm preaching the sermon. And I know I'm a good Christian if I am the doctor who is healing the sick. But
0: if you actually want to see. Well, yeah, no, I no, I was going to uh, even go even further than that. And I'm not going to steal your thunder here. But uh, we, we also almost get uh, wrapped up in not just uh, doing the good works right the like you said the the giver is the father but it, we get dangerously close of, of thinking that uh, uh, works that are done within the church exactly or somehow exactly better. if we can tie Jesus name to something like then it's even exactly better. so if I if I play the guitar in the uh, worship band uh, that's better than playing a guitar in a coffee shop. Although, in my experience, it is not. <laughs> Usually, the guitar player in the coffee shop is much better. The, the music is better. The songs uh, have uh, deeper meaning and are more thoughtful. But to
1: grab back on this. Um, <laughs> but that's just it when when you need to sort of stamp jesus name on everything to say look at the things i am doing for you god you miss the point that if you actually want to see what a christian looks like that the christian is not the father giving it is the child receiving for jesus says let the little children come unto me if you actually want to see what a christian looks like it's not the healer but the one being healed for jesus heals the lepers who he has called to faith if you want to actually see uh what a christian looks like again don't look to the pastor Look to the hearer, the baptized, who receive good gifts from God. Christianity is not measured in doing, but in receiving. And so true Christian witness is found in the least of these vocations. It's a wonderful thing, though, to to start to show to people that you don't actually need to stamp Jesus' name all over everything to do it, but also that, that you, even though you feel like you're not accomplishing anything for your neighbor, are doing a wonderful work simply by witnessing this is what a Christian is. You do nothing.
0: If you if you want to know if you want to know what a Christian is, uh, don't look at the Good Samaritan. Look at the dead guy. On exactly. The if you want to know what a Christian is, don't look to the doctors
1: tending the person on an intubator from coronavirus. Look to the person who can do nothing but wholly depends on the grace of God for every breath. That's what a Christian is. So what if god actually wanted those ones saved too and so he didn't say you homeless people invite people into your homes or you're going to hell instead before he it's a tough one yeah but before he ever gets a chance to he says look there are going to be awful things that happen in this world we're not hiding from that what if there was a promise made even to those who suffer even to the sinners in the middle of it you are sheep and before the foundation of the world before you could have ever broken this because i didn't break it you broke it before it ever could get this bad, there was a kingdom prepared for you before the foundation of the world that you will enter into unto the last day. And in the meanwhile, yeah, love the least of these, care for the least of these. There, There is love down here, even in this pit. But in all of it, the promise for your salvation is not dependent on you, your doing, but Christ, his giving.
0: Beautiful. That's nice. It's...
1: it's the faith it's the same faith that that existed before we we saw the last day uh it shouldn't change at the last minute the study guide should look like the test i'm just saying um so so when we come then to the last day we come baptized We, we wear our baptism as an armor against our ourselves our past selves i am not those things i am what you call me i am a sheep i am the kind that you have made me to be
0: Well done. Did you get everything? I think so. Is that season two? I think so. I mean, so just in summary. Um, Jesus good. And the more good works I do, the more assured I am of salvation. This is why there won't be a season three. <laughs> 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 what are uh, we doing for season I don't even know man I don't know if they'll let us back I don't know if uh, anything will happen right? If there is a season 3 I, I promise uh, it'll be more jovial uh, We'll bring back some of those cultural references You won't have to look for hidden tracks And stuff like that <laughs> they'll, they'll be out there Just 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 out for everybody to see And, and remember the snorks <laughs> um, I can't hilarious. believe we've done We've done two seasons We haven't yet spoken about the prince's bride uh, That will be remedied uh, I can assure you that will be remedied. We'll be talking about that one. Yeah,
1: if you're not coming back for the theology,
0: at least uh, hang on for those. Those references. Yeah, come back for the Prince's Bride. Fred Savage, right? That was that was pre Wonder Years years.
1: That was also pre Left Behind years cool. too, right? No, that wasn't Fred Savage. That that wasn't yeah, Fred who was, was that? Who
0: was doing? that? Kirk Cameron. That was Kirk Cameron, my man. Sorry, all the stars yeah. run together. Was growing yeah. I, I b- apologize. Pains. Yeah, that was good. That was Mike okay. Siever. He was good. I like I I, I like Mike Siever. I I wanted to be him. He was just that slacker. He was great. Yeah, Fred Savage was Winnie Cooper, man. Yeah. Where are you at? Sorry, it's been a it's been a rough <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> All right, next time it's gonna be that, guys. More of yeah. that, I promise. Peace. We out. Friends and fans of the Uncultured Saints, this is a uh, Pastor Eli Leeds here at the uh, end of season two. It's uh, I just wanted to take the time to thank you personally for you know, listening, supporting us. Um, you know, it's tough. What we do is tough. Not the podcast stuff. I'm not talking about uh, theology. And by uh, when I say uh, the what we do is tough, that's that's probably a lie. Um, what I do is tough, um, man. You just got no idea how difficult it is to work with uh, that uh, Pastor Goodman guy. Yeah, um, <clears throat> you know, I gotta uh, work myself up uh, every single every single day uh, to do it. Um, and I was thinking, uh, is there a song that uh, just kind of describes this? Because it, it used to used to seem like it was fun, it was good, and that, that we got together uh, and uh, we were... We were the uncultured saints, just inseparable. And I was wondering if there was, um, and then it came to me, uh, Neil Diamond, Barbara Streisand, I believe the year was, uh, 1978, and, uh, it's off the album, You Don't Bring Me Flowers. It's the song, You Don't Bring Me Flowers. Uh, yeah, it's, it's exactly how I, exactly how I feel. used to be so natural to talk about forever but used to bees don't count anymore they just lay on the floor till we sweep them away and baby I remember all the things you taught me I learned how to laugh and I learned how to cry well I learned How to love and I learned how to lie, so you think I can learn how to tell you goodbye. Cause you don't bring me flowers anymore.